Uh, tonight we're going to be in Psalms 41, um, or 41, 49, we already done 41, 49. Uh, this psalm is, is a little bit different, well it's a lot different than the other songs, it's still of the sons of Korah, but it's more of uh, a, a proverb uh, than it is a psalm. You know, a lot of the psalms, they are prayers, they are praising God. Um, they're talking about various things, but this one is actually preaching. Um, uh, he gathered, they gather them together uh, and give some words of wisdom, uh, some pretty harsh words of wisdom, and it, it, it reads a lot like a, a proverb. So we'll talk about a few things and uh, discuss it as we go. We'll look at verses 1 through 4 uh, to start with. It says, Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark saying on a heart. So here uh, the psalmist is actually gathering all the people together, and he's got some pretty dark things to say, so he's going to say it in a way in which uh, uh, he says here, he says, I will, I will disclose my dark sayings on a harp. In other words, he said, I'm going to do this in a way in which they can incline, they can hear this. They, they can hopefully understand it or they can absorb what he's going to say because he's going to say uh, some pretty harsh things. Um, and I, I think you'll see this. There, there's a lot of things uh, that said in this psalm, especially that was taught uh, on the one particular subject that it talks about was talked about in the New Testament. And Jesus did the same thing when it comes to this. He, he made sure he could give hearing to the gospel. Paul did this in a lot of ways in his writings. Remember, he would start out and he would say some things to kind of, um, I don't want to say smooth it over to begin with, but that's basically what he did. He, he was saying some, some kind words. He was kind of gathering them together so he could get them to hear his writings uh, uh, when they read the letter, and then he would tell them exactly what they needed to hear. And, and that, I, I think we can take some lessons from that. You know, there are some things that, uh, even in teaching, that you have to teach that are some pretty harsh things sometimes, pretty direct things. There, there's things in preaching you have to do that. There's things in everyday conversation. Sometimes we have as Christians that we may have to talk to someone about. And if you've got something difficult to talk to somebody about, how should you start that conversation? Should you start it pleasantly? Should you start it in a you know, uh, pretty blunt manner? I mean, how, how do you actually do that? How do you get someone to listen to you if you've got something tough for them to hear? How do you do that? Is it easy to do? Yeah, I think you'd want to start off easy. Uh, you, you'd want to start off in, in a way that uh, would would cause this person, even if they don't feel at ease, because they may understand that there's a situation that has to be dealt with, but you want to start off in a way that shows them, one, it is an important subject, but two, that you care. You know, you, you want it in a way in which you can present it, because you don't want to close their ears. You know, as Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. Because he, what he was saying was, there's going to be things that he says, some people don't want to hear it. They'll, they'll stop up their ears. They don't want to hear what he has to say. So here I think the psalmist has something that uh, he's got to say, and he said, I'm going to present it. He said, I would disclose my dark saying on the harp. In other words, I, as he's, whether he's singing this with the harp, whether he's playing, whether, whatever he does to kind of set the stage 
to draw these individuals together, uh, that's what he's going to do. Now, now he says here, hear all peoples. Give, give ear all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. So he's saying here, all classes of people need to hear this. And this is going to be the, the clutch, I believe, of, of the whole psalm, is that every single person, no matter what class you're in, no matter what stage of life you're in, this is something that you need to hear. This is something that's going to fit you. It can't be one of those where you, you just sit in the pews while you listen to it and say, boy, they're letting them have it. Boy, they're, they're, they're just, you pour it to them, you know. I, I've had individuals before come out, shake my hand, boy, you poured it on them today. Poured it on who? One. And two, that didn't affect you whatsoever. You know, there, there's nothing in this that you could, that you could find that, that you could apply to your life at all. I know there's not everything that applies to us as far as, okay, there may be something that, uh, that uh, particular subject, you say, well, that's not something I struggle with, or that's something, nothing I'm dealing with, or that doesn't affect me, but there's still some applications within anything that's being dealt with that we could use in our own lives. Um, you know, I, I can remember one gentleman told me one time he'd come out, you know, as I probably told you before, he, he said, I disagree with every single word you said tonight. Okay, you know, if, if it had to be that way, it just has to be that way. You know, I, I, I thought I used a lot of scriptures, so if you disagree with them, that's fine. If you do, you know, whatever it is. But some things people just don't want to hear. They, they just don't want to accept or they don't want to hear it. They don't want for whatever reasons. But here he's saying everybody needs to hear this. It, it doesn't matter where you are. You're not exempt from it. it, it where you are in your life, it, 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 it still applies to us. And I think there's some, some good words in which he says here. Look, starting in verse 5. He says, Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surround me, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches? None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever, that he should continue uh, to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless per, uh, person perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beast that perisheth. Here it reads a lot like Ecclesiastes, don't it? You know, it reads a lot as, uh, you know, as Solomon said, all this is just vanity. You know, you, you, you strive to do all this, you build all this, you accumulate all this, and in the end, whose is it? What happens to it? Where does it go? Um, you know, you think about the things that we find important. I was thinking about this as I was, uh, went last night and heard Titus at Buffalo Valley, and, and, and his subject was on uh, uh, selfishness. In other words, of you know, it was actually on idols, but it was talking about our idols, ourselves, because everything becomes about ourselves. It's it's all about us, what we can accumulate, what we can do, how this affects me, how this you know, uh, how everything revolves around ourselves. And I was thinking about that as I was uh, 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 applying it to what we're going to study tonight, as he was talking last night. You know, we, we do all of these things, and, and there's nothing wrong with stuff. There's nothing wrong with 
uh, accumulating things. There's nothing wrong with uh, 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 having things. But in the end, whose is it? What happens to it? Do you take it with you? Where are you going to take it? Where, where, where does it go? You know, uh, we, we think about this in terms of, you know, you, you put all these things in and you say, well, I just want to leave it for that next generation. Okay, we leave it for the next generation. But then, yeah, they may get to enjoy it for a time, but they can't take it with them either. It, it really comes down to, again, just stuff. It, it, it's just things. You know, as it says here, the fool, the wise, the rich, the poor, they're all still going to die. And when they die, it's really the same thing, isn't it? I mean, think about it. When it's down in the, when they're down in, you know, lowering that, uh, lowering that casket in in that vault, or just you know, lowering it in, or pouring ashes in, it all comes down to the same thing. Your body's going to decay, or you're going to get cremated, or it's, I mean, you're, it's going to end up in the ground and just decay. That that's what it really comes down to. But it comes down to us thinking about just this life. And what we can do, and it becomes about what I can get out of it and what I can do, and I can still enjoy this life without making this life all that there is. And as he, he's saying here, there's some things that we can learn. One thing, we cannot purchase our lives. Can all the money in the world keep you from dying? Can all the money in the world save your soul? Can all the money in the world even help you if some, some illness comes upon you? You say, well, it might buy good health insurance or a, a better doctor. Well, the end is still the same thing. You're still sick. So can it shield? And I think that's what we think. We see that in movies. We hear that around us. That we think sometimes money is going to cushion us from the bad things that happen in this life. And ultimately, death. Somehow or another, you know, you get some that have just... A lot of money, well, they want their body put on ice or something or, 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 or frozen in such a way. Well, when te technology catches up, then they can bring me back. Really? <laughs> can money do that? You know, I think in the end, that's what we're ultimately trying to do. Money is going to make us live longer. Money is going to cushion us from, from these things. And I think that's what the, the psalmist is going to get in and, and start talking about. But first of all, he, he, he's talking about it can't purchase lives. I mean, notice what he says here. Uh, if you go to uh, verse 6, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him, for redemption of their soul is costly, and it shall cease forever, that he should continue live eternally and not see the pit. Well, one, can it save your soul and keep you from going to hell? Can I buy my way into heaven? Can I, can I buy my way to stay on this earth? That, that's what it's really saying. And I don't know that anybody says that out loud, but sometimes I, I think individuals when it's all about how much I can accumulate and that's all that they, that person thinks about, that there's a reason for that. Is it because they want the most power? Is it because they want the most prestige? Is it because they want to be the richest person in the county? or in the world, or whatever it is? Or is it about, I believe money can save me from whatever it is. I think it can cushion me from, from this. You know anybody, or you ever hear anybody that's uh, maybe have a lot of money, do, are they without any problems? Is their life just as peachy as it can be? I mean, think about some of the uh, 
what we think is uh, that they have more money than they know what to do with. We see them on TV or whatever. You're always hearing about, okay, they, they, they're on their fifth wife or their fifth husband or they, they've had this problem, they're going through this, they've had this. I mean, it's always something. It doesn't mean everybody's got money that goes through these things. But we think it, they think it can shield them from that, but it doesn't. You know, they still have their problems because all that that does is truly bring out who they are anyway, just amplifies it, doesn't it? You know, that's, you know, I, I want to be like uh, um, when Zama said, you know, I, I don't want either riches or poverty. What's that mean? I'm going to keep me in the middle. That's where I want to be. I don't know if I, I, I want to deal with either one of them. I don't know if I'm capable of dealing with any one of them. But that's how I think individuals do, and I think this is what the psalmist is saying. They think that it can purchase their life. Uh, and again, that wealth can be a cushion for them. Or uh, keep them alive. It, it really goes down to all experience. When I, uh, experiencing death. When I was reading this and studying this, I kept thinking about, you know, I've been at funeral home, what, 16 years? And, and seen a lot of a lot of things happen during that process. From the time you, you, you get to call and go pick up uh, the individual till the time you're, you're actually at the cemetery washing them lowered in the ground. There's a, there's a lot that transpires in that. And you, you see it from the uh, person who, who seemingly don't seem like they have anything to the person who money don't seem to be any object to them, any problem to them. And, and you see how each of them deal with this but it really boils down to they have to deal with it. It still, it still comes. It, it's still there. You know, it, it, and it's all about uh, now what? It's, they still end up in the ground. still ends up the same way. What are they going to do with all that stuff? Well, leave it for the family, as I see a lot of times, fighting over it. I mean, actually literally fighting over it. I actually thought when I first started, I think in the arrangement... I'm going to ask them one of the questions. I'm going to ask them, do you want the fight during the visitation or after or before the funeral? Because it seemed like there was a fight every single time. I mean, a fist fight. I mean, that's just, it, it just amazed me. I had two that, that actually fought at the casket over a ring. You know, I was getting the ring off, and they couldn't decide who wanted it. So while I was trying to get it off, I'd hear a ruckus behind me and actually look around, and they were on the floor fighting. And I'm up there trying to get the ring off. And I'm thinking, over over what? What 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 does it really matter? You know what? I, I mean, I just it just amazes me how people uh, how people think. But we think sometimes that you know when it comes to that, it it just who we're going to leave our stuff to? And what's it going to be? It really comes down to just stuff. Or we think, okay, this isn't going to happen to me for a long time. It could happen. Death comes to the young. It comes to the old. There's a fellow came in, it's been probably about four months ago now, came into the uh, funeral home and he was wanting to uh, work out some things for his dad on, on, a, on a good funeral and he was working, we were working out some things and he was wanting to pay for uh, something he thought somebody else should have paid for uh, years ago, but they didn't. So we're working this out and he come in three or four days and then on one Friday morning to get a call, go pick somebody up, went over to the hospital, it was him. That's who I was picking up, the fellow I was working with. You know, and he, he was planning all of this, never had any indication that something was going to happen to him. He was going to get all this done uh, uh, for his dad. Then I was the one, he was the one we were picking up. 
for his dad, before he did his dad. So, you know, you, you think about this, it, you, you don't think that, we, we just think that we're immune to some things. We, we think, well, that's going to happen in the future, or that's going to happen to uh, later on, or this will keep me from this, or, uh, I, I mean, we, we do this with, uh, with a lot of things when it comes to wealth. People view wealth in a lot of different ways. And when we say rich, how do you know? How do you, how do you know if someone's rich or not? What well, what is rich anyway? You know how how much is rich? Now there's a lot of ways I can be rich. I can be rich in stuff. I I, I can be rich in what I do. I can be rich in uh, uh, the the things that I involve myself in. I can be rich in my character. That these are these aren't the things I don't believe the psalmist is talking about here. I think he's talking about rich in the things you think you have and what the things you have, what we think that can do for us. You know, it's amazing to me, uh, just listening to people through, through that process, you know, you start realizing what was important maybe to that individual is just stuff to the ones they're leaving it to. What am I going to do with this? This meant a lot to them, but don't mean anything to me other than it meant something to them. You know, it really comes down to, especially in Ecclesiastes, what is it, from about chapter 4 through 6, where he talks about, you know, you do all these things, you accumulate all these things, but how much do you really enjoy it, and who's is going to enjoy it? Who, who's it going to be? Luke chapter 12 is a good example of that, isn't it? Uh, I, I, remember the rich young farmer, I've, I've done all these, I've accumulated all this, what am I going to do? I'm going to build more barns, more barns to put it in. I've got more stuff, so I need... Uh, uh, bigger stuff to put it in. So in doing that, he said, fool, tonight your soul is going to be required of you, then whose is this going to be? All this that you thought were so important that you had to have, that you had to do, who's it going to be now? And, and really what he's saying, again, it's, it's, it's just like uh, uh, Paul says in Timothy, that it, it's not the money, it's the love of money. It's the love of stuff. It's when that becomes all that there is to us. That that becomes what the important thing. That becomes the idol. And, and it's not really that. It becomes back to what can that do for me. And we have to ask the question, what really can it do? And that's why the psalmist said, gather everybody up because the poor need to hear this and the rich need to hear this. The, the foolish need to hear this. The wise need to hear this. You're going to die. Eventually, it's, it's going to come to you. No matter what stage you're in, no matter what class you're in, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how dumb you think you are, it's going to come. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tell you, I love seeing things like that and just think about, okay, what effort did it take to do that or, or how big it, was it then or how important was it then? You know, how we were at a place the last couple of days where uh, you sit on the porch and you can see these giant just rock walls where people would put stone everywhere that went all over their land, you know, to keep uh, divide cattle out and everything. And you think about what it took to do that and who did that. Uh, probably slaves during that time, I would say. Uh, but you think about the purpose behind it and all the hard work went in it, and there we are some hundred years later 
sitting on a, a, a porch looking at it and enjoying it, and there's weeds all around it, and just, you know, now what? Now what? I mean, even think of Gainsborough. I can remember when I was a kid how happening Gainsborough was, and then you start thinking about even farther back uh, how much actually went on with car dealerships and all that here. I mean, I can remember it was bumper to bumper, you know. We all went around one way, but it was still bumper to bumper, people everywhere. Now you drive through there, and you know I think they're trying to revitalize it, but it's nothing what it used to look like to me. But as it keeps going by, you look at, like Jimmy said, you look at some of these abandoned houses, you look at abandoned buildings, and you think, I can remember when this was in here, or that took place there, and how great that was. Well, what's it become now? You know, you think about this, and what's really interesting is life just moves on, doesn't it? It, do, it doesn't stop because I did. It doesn't stop because my body's decaying in the ground. Well, this is a real lovely, up, uplifting psalm. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop, though. I mean, it really don't. You, have to, you just move on, you know. Um, and, and it's sad in a lot of ways because you start realizing what is really important. You know, what, what should I really be focusing on? You know, what, what should I really be? Because the things, it, it's just like a little kid. You know, what, what does a little kid remember of their childhood? Is it all the stuff they had? Or is it this time that uh, uh, when you did something with them, th this moment, this little thing? That's what they remember. They don't remember, you know, all the different stuff things as much as just little, little moments in time. And that's what it just becomes because once it's gone, it's gone. You know, uh, that's what really worries me and that irritates me, and I, I'm just as bad as anybody else with cell phones and everything. Everybody's looking down at their phones, look how much we're missing. You know, life just moves on. Oh, I want to capture this moment. No, you done lost the moment because you're trying to capture the moment. You're not capturing it because you're trying to capture it some other way. You know, it, it, it just really comes down to what is life. You know, what does it really boil down to? Uh, but as the psalmist says here, you know, they call... Their lands after their own names, nevertheless man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beast that perishes. Now think about that. He is like the beast that perishes. You know what he says? When it comes to our bodies, we're no different than the animals. What's the only thing that makes us different? Huh? Our soul. That's what makes it, you know, God created us in His image. You say, well, we don't look like animals, but we die the same way, don't we? The only difference is... That's our bodies that die. Our souls don't, but everything else is going to be like Rover dead all over. It's going to be no difference in it. But that's how we, we think it's, we're, it's something just greater, I guess. And that, I think that's what we uh, uh, kind of do. But again, our, our wealth is left to others. Um, and what are we leaving? What kind of wealth are we leaving them? Uh, are we leaving them stuff? We leaving them memories. We leaving them the instructions, the things that are as important. Remember what Solomon said. The conclusion of the whole matter was what? Fear God and keep His commandments. He said. I. He said. There's nothing that I didn't uh, allow myself. I didn't hold anything back. If I wanted it, I got it. If I needed it, I took it. I bought it. I created whatever it was. He said. I tried it all, and the conclusion of the matter is. Does fear God keep His commandments? Because that's all it boils down to in the end. You know, 
uh, I mean, think about it. It, it comes down to us, uh, us saying, you know, you think about the Ten Commandments. And, and what is that? Worship no other image? Except if God created us in his own image, right? So do we worship the, the creation, which is us, or the creator, which is him? Which do we worship? And I think sometimes it's us because it's the stuff. It's the, the things that we want to accumulate, the things that we want to uh, accomplish that makes us, uh, you know, who, he, who dies with the most stuff wins, I guess. Um, but then again, you know, what, is it really, what are you really having? That's what it comes down to. The grave becomes our home when it comes to our bodies. Um, despite riches... Uh, we still perish. Now let's look, start in verse 13. Let's see if he gets upbeat at all. It says, This is the way of those who are foolish and of their uh, posterity who approve their sayings. Salah. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling." But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Shalah. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dies he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives he blesses himself, for men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generations of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beast that perishes. Didn't get much brighter, did it? You know, there, there he says again, he, he just goes back to this. He says, this is the way of those who are foolish. And how is the way of the foolish? He says, they're going to be like sheep that's laid in the grave and death shall feed on them. It's no different. He said, when, when, when you are... Nothing about, when you're just about the physical things, you're just about this life, then that's all it's going to be. As your money can't save you from the pit then. Your, your money can't redeem you because this is what you're thinking of. Then that's how you're going to be. Your, your body's just going to be there. You know, and it doesn't matter who preaches your funeral. It doesn't matter what kind of vault you have. It doesn't matter what kind of casket you have. And believe me, I've heard individuals who actually think that makes a difference. That makes a difference what that preacher says. That preacher's got to say this. Or, or if, we, if we put them in this, then, you know, I just, you know, what does it matter? When it's covered over, can you go to cemetery and tell what kind of vault somebody's in? Tell what kind of casket they're in? Tell how rich they are? Oh, yeah, they got a big stone. Well, I know a lot of people has got a big stone. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of people. I've met some individuals that got a big stone that are still paying for it because they couldn't afford it, but they wanted it, people to see a nice stone as they drove by. I guess that was important. And it may be to some people. That, that, that It may be. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong necessarily with stuff unless we think that's going to make a difference in our eternity. The Bible was full of faithful biblical characters who had a lot of wealth. It's, it's not the wealth that caused them to do good or bad. It was their attitude about it. And that's what it really boils down to. God, God is actually the one that blessed a lot of the individuals in that way. 
because of who they were, what their character was, so they could do the most good. I mean, you can do a lot of good with wealth, or you can do a lot of evil with it. But I think what the psalmist is really saying here, it, it's these, how these evil people use these things and do these things that think that's going to make a difference, one, when it comes to eternity, and two, that it really made a difference in their life. Did it really make a difference? I mean, when it was all said and done, what, what kind of mark do you leave? I mean, have you ever really thought about that? What, what kind of mark, what kind of legacy, what do you want said? I think that's a question we ought to ask ourselves sometimes. What, what do I want said or remembered about me? I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people can stand up and say a lot of things. Hey, this is what I remember about wrong. I wouldn't be real good. That's why I decided I'm going to just go ahead and do a video of mine, preach my own, and I'll just put it back in the box somewhere, and just have me a list who invite. It'd be invitation only, and that way I can praise people I need to, and I can tell people I need to a thing or two. Don't be talking good about me. You never liked me, you know. Don't come up and say, "Oh, Ron was such good. You never was around me before. Don't come around me now." You know, and that way it should be. You know, you, you think about this, and I, and I joke, but, you know, you think about what does life really mean? What does it come, and that's what the psalmist is saying here. And I think as Christians, it shouldn't be doom and gloom, but we should always leave, live in the forefront of our minds that this world is not all that there is. What I do in this world matters if I do it the right way. And if I don't do it the right way, it still matters and still has an effect on somebody. What, what do I do with what God has created? God created me just like he created you in his image, right? From the very beginning and all the way down now, here we are. What kind of image are we showing? That little dash, don't it? Yeah, it makes a big difference, you know. Uh, you start thinking about here's another funeral home reference. This is this is a good good one for a funeral home person. This song, but I tell you, and, and Mike can test this, Bill can, or, or anyone else, that during that process, probably one of the hardest things to do, and you know this if you've experienced this as a family member, is the obituary. How how do you put a person's life in a section of paper? What do you say? What's the most important thing that you want to say about, about that person? What, what is it that you don't want to, you know, that, I mean, you th just think about that. How, how, how do you sum that up? It's not an easy thing to do. Um, but when we realize that it's not about the things of this life, even that process becomes easier. Because the things that you say and the things that you want to say are the things that truly matter. You know, this, this is the legacy that that person left behind. You think about the legacy that Jesus left. Think about him discussing with his disciples about his death. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now you prepare yourself to come. I'm going to come receive you myself. Where I am, there you may be also. He's prepared them. That's, that's, that's what they remember. That's what they know. They, they know, okay, here's what he taught us. Here's the things that he did. Here's what he said that he's going to do. Now here's what we have to do. What, what more was it that he needed to say? 
what more was it that they need to think about? That, that proved truly who he was and what the purpose was. And he showed them in that little span that he was with them the things that truly mattered, the things that truly were important. Remember, they thought the temple was. They thought how glorious that was. And he said, it's all going to be torn down. This ain't, this ain't nothing. You think everything's about just this? It's not about that at all. It served its purpose, but it wasn't the end-all, end-all, and you know, y'all made it that way. So here's what's going to happen to that. There's not going to be a stone that's not going to be turned over. And that's what happened. Because that's what become important. It wasn't about, as, as they built it to start with, and to do where God's presence was there. It, it became about the place instead of about Him. It became how grand it was. It became, oh, I'm important because here I am part of this and you can't be a part of this. Well, you can pay to be a part of it, but I'll tell you what it's going to cost you and I'll tell you what you're going to have to do. It became about us. That, that's what it became about. It didn't, become a, it didn't stay about what the purpose of it was. You know, we can do that to a lot of things. We can do this with, with this building. It can become just about the building. It can become just about the programs. It can come just about how the grandeur of things are. But when you strip all of that away, is what matters still there? Is the core still there? Or did we forget what that was? Did we forget what the purpose of it was? What the purpose of it is? In other words, can we do without it? Was it a part of it, or is it what matters now the most? Do you have something, Jimmy, or are you distracted? Okay. <laughs> or is it what matters the most to us? And sometimes, unfortunately, it may become uh, what matters the most. Um, I've, I've had individuals, I can remember going and talking with individuals that were coming to visit the congregation that I was at, so I, I, I talked with them, got the address, and went over and visited with them, and they'd have just a some of them would have just a list of questions, which is good. But sometimes it did strike me as odd some of the things they, that they felt like were important or they couldn't worship there. And I was thinking, okay, uh, yeah, we have that, but is that all that you're thinking about? Is that, is that it? Does it have to be just this, 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 and this, and this? Or you feel like you couldn't worship God here? And, and granted, you know, you didn't have to go to that place to go to heaven. It, it doesn't have to be... You know, there are some places that maybe you feel like you don't fit. That, that's all well and good, but what are we actually looking for? What, what is actually important to us? In our everyday life, in our Christian life, which should be the same, what do we actually find the most important? Hmm? That's what it should be. That would be the questions I would ask. Do you teach the truth there? Do you, you know, is it this? Do you follow this? Do you, you know... Um, uh, I can remember asking a congregation I was going to go preach at one time and I, I preached there one Sunday, I don't know if you call it they called asked me to come if I, was con if I would consider coming there and I don't know if you call it an interview preaching or what, and I can remember sitting down talking to them and I said well I've been reading your bulletins, I've been you know, talking to other people I've seen that you support this and was part of this and I see that you're part of this over here and that was two different extremes of things. And I said, I just kind of wonder, where do you stand on these things? You know, where do you stand on this? Where do you stand, you know, kind of on that? And it kind of took them, well, it was only two of them. One of them wasn't there. 
it kind of took them aback on the questions that I asked, and they just kind of looked at each other and said, well, we're kind of divided on that. You know, in other words, some are for this, some for that. But uh, they said, none of that matters, you know, but we got this and started telling me all the other things went on. Well, that's good that you have these things going on, but that's not really what's the most important to me. What's most important to me is I want to know, okay, if I come here, am I still going to be able to, to be what I need to be, you know, as, uh, as things go. It, and and I, I catch myself, just like anybody else, getting caught up into other things. And, and you find that that's most important. And I'm like that. I'm, I'm a one-track mind person. When I'm doing something, that one thing becomes the most important thing at that moment. And that's what I stress over. That's what I, you know, just, you know, focus on and focus on. As my family says, that's what I repeat 500,000 times to them, going over the plan of this and the plan of this and the plan of this again and plan of this again. You know, well, what if it doesn't work out? Really, does it really matter in the end? You know, does it really matter that it took five minutes longer to do it? Does it really matter that it didn't get done at all? Does it, you know, when it's all said and done, does it really matter? I think we can find... We waste a lot of our lives stressing and focusing on the wrong thing. When we just focus on the right thing, then we can have the abundant life that, that God says that we can have. Um, what are some things that we can uh, get out of this? Well, I, I think though riches seem to have the rich seem to have it all, it says they will not see the life or the light of life. And it's not talking about here just because somebody has money, they're not going to see the light. It's when they focus on that. But yet, sometimes we can look at them and envy them and say, well, how come I can't have that? Or how come I can't be like that? Or how come I can't be? Well, there could be a lot of different reasons. One, you don't know for sure what that person has or don't have. You know, they may look like they've got everything in the world, but they may be so far in debt they could never get out of it. I, you know, you don't know truly what a person is or isn't. You know, and again, it's just relative. I, I, there's a guy that, uh, that I see sometimes comes in the funeral home on a pretty regular basis, and that seems to be all that he focuses on is, you know, so-and-so over here, they, they got this, or so-and-so over here, they, they've got this much. And, they, and I, I asked him one day, I said, do they actually, like, give you their bank book or something? Do you actually know per dollar what these people, well, no, I don't have any idea. Well, hush then. It, it really doesn't matter, you know. One, I don't know these people, and two, it really doesn't matter to me whatsoever anyway, you know. It, it, it really doesn't matter because it's not about, we don't value, a, shouldn't value a person on the things that they have or don't have. You know, it, it's the person and what they do with the things they have. You know, it's great that God can bless a person that does have more, that they worked hard for. That, that, that's a wonderful thing. God, God actually encourages that. He, he encourages us to work, to earn a living, to do things, to be able to uh, help other people. Which would you rather be in a position that you need help or in a position where you can help somebody else? Which position would you rather be in? Yeah, there, there, and there's only one way to do that. The only one way to be in a position that you can help someone is put yourself in that position where you can help someone. Actually have something to help them with if it's some physical need that they have. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't think anywhere in here the psalmist is actually saying that. I don't think Paul said that when he wrote that in Timothy. I don't think that uh, Solomon is meaning that when he's talking Ecclesiastes. But he says, you know, once all the things are said and done, you think you've got to have all, all the stuff in the world, what do you really have? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
That's what, that's what the New Testament puts it, isn't it? What will we give in, our, in exchange for a soul? Well, I've got all of these things. Okay, what did you do with those things? What did you do with the dollar you had? What did you do with the million dollars you had? It's all really just the same. We're just stewards of it anyway, aren't we? It's not my stuff. We're stewards of it. What did we do with those things? We can either end up with the, like the animals, just a dec decaying body, and then a soul that's in the pit. Or we can be what God created, and yeah, the body's going to decay. We understand it's going to do that, but our soul's not. Our soul, what's inside is what's important. That's what makes us different. That's how God created us in his image, isn't it? And that's what we have to do with. Any final thoughts about this very uplifting psalm? Uh, and it don't hurt, and it, I, I guess it kind of didn't help that uh, you can bring a lot of funeral home analogies in it, I guess. A long pause. Yeah, to, to met, these things are important to stop a minute, think, meditate on this, study about this, and really get what. And I tell you, we, we just hit the tip of the garment with it when it comes to this psalm. There's a lot that you could go into that, uh, you know, I guess it gets into a deeper meaning of it, but it basically comes down to the two applications, and that's you don't, can't trust any riches and remember the end result. And I think if we keep that in the forefront, I think that would go a long way in using the talents that we have, not to bury them in the ground, but to use them the very best that, that we can.